Howdy folks, it is Wednesday, June 27th, 2012. I'm Skip Ruddertail, your otter editor. It's the future. Yeah, it's the future. I am Toonses, the uh, UFO driving cat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. UFO driving cat, because yeah. it's the future. It's the future because it's taken so Are you driving long to get this out there. a space car? No, I'm just... Driving a space car, because everything in the future is space this. Can you not do that really? while we're recording? Because it will hear that. I'm sorry. You gotta, gotta now you gotta, gotta rip it off. There. Yeah. <laughs> Keep this in the episode, just so people can know how you scold me. Right. He's only trying to Add protect slap you. Noises He's only trying there. to protect you from the ambient noise of me right. peeling the sticker off right. the Coke bottle he gave me. Thank um, you, Skip. For the so Coke yes, bottle. we we are in the future. <laughs> yes. yes. Um. Why? You know how I always say the whole year. You know why I do that. Why? I always write out the whole year on forms too, instead of just like one two. Okay, because you know, I, because you're looking, you're looking forward. Well, it's because, and I've been an archaeologist, and I'm like, just in case <laughs> some archaeologist in 500 years finds this piece of paper from the Department of Motor Vehicles, it may help them out. You don't have delusions of grandeur at all. You don't have delusions of grandeur it at all. It may no. help them out a bit. <laughs> If they're like, oh, well, this is from 2012, not 2112 or 1912. There we you all, go. We all appreciate, you That's, know, you're... you're... I, this is serious. I, I do think about this, though. No, but what, it's important that we're in the future because in this episode we are looking toward the past. Mm. That is, because we, we've done a story of Pirate Stingers before. Yes, it was one of his, one of his more recent stories, right? Yes, we have. Really yeah. liked it. Really liked we actually it. got these in the same batch. Mm-hmm. He sent us three stories, and this was the first one we picked. Yeah. And then Alex, or Khaki Dog, if you prefer, dog. who that happens guy, to know, be a the Euro. gay man, a European gay man, yes. Yeah. And by the way, this, this would have been the other way around if we'd have contracted that to a straight to a straight guy, like mm-hmm. a gay story, you just go, I just can't do this, I recorded a well, straight no, story Well, no, and he didn't gone, say like, that, oh, he didn't say he can't, he didn't say he can't do it, he said he preferred doing the other one, which was, which was more gay. So, and I no, 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 that's the same thing I with the power that. play, it's the same thing with the power play. That's what it is. Come on now, really. Yeah. Well, you know, and, the, and he, he is the owner of Bad Dog Books, so, you know, when these know, things happen, we kind of say, all right, that's what we're going with. What happens when these things happen is we do we do mouse porn this week, and we exactly. enjoy this as much. We wanted, this the one we I wanted chose to do first... this one originally, yeah. and we told Pirate Stream we wanted to do this, so we decided, you know, we put it on the shelf, we'll come back to it in a few weeks, and that's yeah. what we did. And I chose it because it was kind of sentimental for me, because I just remembered years and years and years ago when... Pirate Stinger and I were both just kind of like starting to write at the same time thereabouts mm-hmm. and just uh, I remember him sending me the story at one point asking me to give him like uh, a, uh, a, a, a what's it called? A, like a little a, critique? A beta read? Uh-huh. Beta read I think mm-hmm. is, the, is the term they use. Mm-hmm. So yeah and I, I liked it then I like it now and it's cool just because hey he's yeah like it, well, we, it we got funny. to see like how how good he had gotten mm-hmm. in the last story mm-hmm. we did and now we can like kind of look back and see the origin. I was developing. Yeah, and it was funny because he made the comment to me that, you know, oh, I, I uh, you know, boy, I wrote that one a while ago. I'm kind of nervous about having you guys discuss it now. Um, and I don't think he should be. It's kind of one of those things, like, what kind of complaint are you really going to make about it? Nah, there's some, there's some times where, like, the the wording is a little bit awkward. There's mm-hmm. You hear some things, they sound just a little bit redundant within mm-hmm. 
the moment. But it's really like you 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 see like the the potential and the promise there because I just think the pacing is really nice. So you have the kind of tea scene the at the first. The pacing is great. I and really then you, like it. You have this kind of long, uh, long like not want to say long, but like it's for for character development. Exactly. It's a bit more than people are often devoting to it. And I thought just the dialogue was really incredibly natural. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that the dialogue in this story really shines. And what I was saying is that it was neat reading this one, which I don't often do, because the dialogue really was very natural sounding, speaking mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, and, and I'm I starting to... It's interesting. I'm starting to feel more comfortable reading these things occasionally. It's a gay ghost story. Um, and I'm getting... I'm getting I think I'm getting better at it, but it's interesting just reading and I'm learning little things, you know, and, and when there's a story with awkward dialogue, it's awkward to read it out loud because yeah. I want to correct it. And I think I'm enough of an editor and a writer that if there's something that I'm kind of stumbling over, it'll usually take me several takes because I'm wanting to, you know, correct the phrasing and I have to say it the way they wrote it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I don't always, but uh, this one, you know, is easy to read. And I, I, I don't know if you noticed, but I worked a little bit of... New York and knew his accent you too, um, especially as no. it went along. So just, just not, not over a little the bit t- of the New York. What, what not over the top. Just, Could you reproduce it for me? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, not, not, spot. nothing over the top. You know, nothing like cheesy. But you know, worked a little bit of New York in right. to his phrases because it seemed to work for him in the way he the contractions that Potterstinger wrote for, and that impressed me too. That I was able to. You work just a little bit of the accident in a natural way right. with the words of Pyrostinger wrote him, which says to me that Pyrostinger, you know, had this view, had an accent, had a dialect for mm-hmm. Vince, you know, and right. knew it and, and wrote it. And that's a lot of talent to pull that off successfully and have it sound convincing. It is difficult to keep it consistent, too, if you're actually going for dialect and not just, you know, mm-hmm. lazy talking. Right, and it was it was a realistic dialect, and that it wasn't you know over the top like golly, you know. <laughs> That's for, obviously for, not New York. It. Yeah, forget yeah, about it. For, forget about it. Forget forget about it. Scott. You use guys, you know. Use guys. <laughs> use guys. Whatever. No, so it wasn't anything <laughs> like that. Um, and and so that shows a lot of talent, I think, to pull off something mm-hmm. like that, where it isn't ridiculous and over the top, and is very natural sounding. Right. Um, couple the humor i like that's one of the things i like about the story it's very very playful humorous story story. just to get as a way to get the characters together is they naturally just kind of come together through the humor and it's Mm -hmm. uh, sort of necessary i think just in keeping the um the tension that must be in the in the air neutral i think there were a couple points where it wasn't quite spot on like the little bit about the the halitosis bit just that kind (laughs) of paragraph in the description I felt like that was a little forced. And there were a couple occasional little moments like that, but I think overall, I mean, the banter and the humor between the two is just really natural seeming. I mean, it was really like you could see these people, you can tell mm-hmm. just by listening to how they talk to each other, how comfortable they are. Right around each other yeah. and how familiar this kind of conversation and is. And you get the impression that's the, exactly the kind of person Vince is, is a very just forward, mm-hmm. honest, and uh, I guess comfortable person. Mm-hmm. And I, I, but does that perhaps kind of um, contrast with the actual character he's playing, which is a guy who is revealing a sort of secret, straight inclination? Like he's yeah. not really... Uh, 
But it's kind of funny because at, at the beginning part of the story, she's talk, he, he, he's talking about how all her failed dates are pity cases and they mm-hmm. all end in, in failure and then the guy breaking down. And then, of course, he's like trembling as he's putting the tape into the... And like, oh, right. Yeah, come on now, really. It's, it's, well, and that's part just, of the humor of it. Yeah. Think, yeah, it's absolutely. It's, here's a guy... I mean, that's one of the fun things about it is here it's, is a confident... It's about confidence. Comfortable guy yeah. in an uncon in a in not being confident in an uncomfortable situation. It's it's about the total contrast between uh, uh, confidence and skittishness because mm-hmm. at the very beginning, like the whole setup is contrasting Vince's apparent confidence, which is sort of broadcast through his um his homosexuality in mm-hmm. a way because mm-hmm. it, it's it it explains his comfort around her right uh, numerous times in the story. Mm-hmm. So. But then, uh, as, as you're starting to see, it's going to be like eroded away, and he's going to start, you know, admitting some heterosexual inclinations. It, and that's, of course, why he's not confident because yeah. he's, he defines himself so, as a gay guy, mm-hmm. and so this is something he's not used to. This is something that's a surprise to him. But is it? Do you think it's entirely just about him? Uh, okay, I guess I have to kind of. Uh, Mm-hmm. To explain a personal story just to sure, be able to sure. get on this. When I was uh, first coming out, I was accused mostly, and I think because I was sort of straight acting, although not intentionally, I was accused mostly of faking it so that I could get ladies. Wow. Yeah. By who? By the other straight guys. Uh-huh. See, I was going to say. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, sometimes people feel compelled to in a way, be exceptionally performative and demonstrative mm-hmm. of their homosexuality because mm-hmm. of their personal circumstances. Yeah. Do you think... And I think especially young people, too. And this is something I was talking about with a friend, that, you know, when you are setting yourself out this way, you know, it's part of defining yourself and what it means to be gay. Is right. I think a lot of people right, but- overcompensate a little bit because they're... You know, setting them out, they're creating a message, you know, sending right. a message but to I'm the trying world. But I'm trying to get across this per, a, a specific thing here, which mm-hmm. is the idea of a threat. Mm-hmm. They're essentially accusing me of being a, a, a threat because I'm uh, misrepresenting my, myself is what they're accusing me. You know what I'm saying? They're saying I'm trying to pray, essentially, mm-hmm. by, by faking it. Right. So do you think that is where the real tension in the story in, is? Is that the idea that it might blow up in the powder keg of the idea that he hadn't been entirely honest all along and it had been more of a of a, a, a I don't want to say like a threat is kind of a strong term but I use this mm-hmm. because it, it gets applied to um, straight guys and uh, straight ladies mm-hmm. straight guys especially mm-hmm. they feel that if you if you are not especially like out there and flamboyant and they can like pin you down and identify it they feel it to a degree threatened by it right so then to, uh, you know, kind of validate their fears, mm-hmm. aren't you kind of risking retaliation? Yeah, I think, you know, this is something that hadn't occurred to me until you brought it up just now. But I think it's a very interesting idea, you know, and it is. But it's that safe distance that gives the certain confidence. Mm-hmm. And this story is essentially about the violation of that safe distance. Well, I like I just how don't want people to miss I, the, the, the conflict. Then. Mm-hmm. That's all. And I think one of the cleverest, one of my favorite lines from the story was about how she started dressing like that, like underwear and open yeah. robe, partially to test if he was really attracted to her. Right. And it, that was half the reason she did it in the first place, was to test him. Mm-hmm. 
which I thought was really, I mean, I love that. I thought it was very clever. And I think it ties, I think it ties to this idea you were talking about. Do you get the impression, though, that she's trying to lure him out? Because she does entertain the idea herself, doesn't she? That she's more interested in Vince than in the date she's bringing home. They're both she doesn't, doing it. Yeah, They're I mean, both they doing it. Kind of I mean, that's one of the things I, I also, I think that you can tell how well the story is written by how really outrageously she's flirting with him. Yeah. In her poses and and this so there are all these poses <laughs> beside where she's like stretched over and you if and it's one of these and things like lustily like putting popcorn in her mouth it's right a lot of and if you stop the, yeah. to think about it for a second you know if you really picture in your mind the poses she's doing you know think about a woman leaning back over the couch while her breasts are going to be right out there and she's got an open rope and when she's about this even when she puts her you know she says oh she puts her feet up feet up and hugs into her chest well that's really going to show off her crotch you know so every little thing well yeah because i i think it ties in together i mean every little thing i mean she's outrageously physically flirting with him yeah throughout this whole conversation but i think you know probably how aware of it is she? I don't know. Well, she, she, I, you almost get the sense she's doing it because she feels safe kind of just toying with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, of course, like I'm saying, you don't, it's, there's a real conflict in the violation of that trust because she might not be, uh, she, we, we kind of do get a peek into her that she's genuinely interested, but you know, yeah. the, oh, irony, the irony, the he, he uh, Vince doesn't, Vince doesn't get that peek, so. Well, I mean, they both are, you know, and that's, that's one of the things I like about it is that, you know, Real life is messy, and sometimes things just happen, you know, or we right. don't always do what we think we'll do, or we don't always fit into the roles that we've formed for ourselves. Right. And that's one of the things I really like about this story, because I think it speaks to that, you know, real life fluidity. And that's one of the things, you know, we always were beaten into in anthropology class was, you know, that people make, you know, do what they can to make things work for them. You know, and if a role is, you know, works for them in one particular situation and a different role works for them in another particular situation, they'll play two different roles. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. most people who are, you know, inventor and creative people are, do that all the time. Um, so that's, that's one of the things I, I really like about this story in that kind of message. Is so it's, it's a story about life role switching. Life is messy. It's a story about role switching. That's not a bad saying. thing. Yeah. Hmm. Partially. Um, you know, that this isn't a bad thing and that it's an interesting thing and a fun thing. Yeah. Um, I love some of the other humor signs. I love like, I just like, I know I like what it is. You smell like popcorn and she, or she, you smell like popcorn. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I I just like the kind of frank discussion of porn. Mm Mm-hmm. When you just, it's like kind of like, why do you like porn? Yeah. I don't always want to fuck somebody. Yeah, and it's like, oh, well, that's that's pretty um straightforward. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, or that's, or that right. very honestly very true statement, which something that you know I think guys are pretty good at knowing, and I think most women are. But you read so the advice like columnist something. Well, you read some columnist. You know, sometimes people writing in, you know, like why is my guy watching porn or why is he masturbating? You know, and it's like right because. Getting somebody else in the bed and doing things with them is work, and sometimes you don't want to do that work. I'd rather my my partner just jerked off every time he had to, than like always coming over to bug me. Hun, I'm reading. Come on now, can't you just? 
I'm gonna rub one out. I mean, it's just because his sex drive is so much, so much stronger than mine. To be honest yeah. with you. Well, you know, but I mean, you gotta like the ten- attention. It's true because it means he's always ready when I. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's kind of how that's Bun's feeling. You know, yeah. that's okay. I'm I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, you know. because you have porn. Right. Exactly. But it makes me. But it, like that's, from my that's perspective, the only though, time when it's a problem. I think is it's like. We haven't had sex in three weeks, but he, you know, wax off all the time. Then it's a problem. Right. Right. Well, that's, I think that's a different thing, though. Yeah. From my perspective, though, it just makes porn seem incredibly um, useless to me, though, because uh, I, the, the, the podcast is fun, but ever since I, uh, you know, when I, when I have a regular partner, I just don't look at much porn. Uh-huh. It just doesn't come to the, to the front and of my mind. I do every day. Oh, my goodness. Every day. You know, I don't usually pod uh, visual stuff. It's stories, usually, is what I pod stories. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. It's hmm. the stories, which is why we're here. <laughs> you can't, like, fantasize in your own head? Oh, yeah. No, no, dude, totally. But I'm talking, we're talking about porn. <laughs> no. I was thinking, I was talking about specific types but, uh, of porn. I shouldn't tease. Yeah. So, uh, no, but I, I really enjoyed this one. It's a fun story. Uh, I like, you know, I love the characters. Um, they're very, you know, fun and, and realistic people. We get a nice little, little bits of discussion about species, which I'm always interested mm-hmm. in when we're talking about furry stories too. Yeah. Um, there's the there are a couple lines that she says or thinks to herself, um, which is one with the dog, and she said, "I didn't even get that interesting fight or flight reflex going." <laughs> Which I thought, because she's a mouse, you know, and so yeah. prey species and dogs are, you know, predator species, at least somewhat. Yeah. And then later on, she says, well, she's always more comfortable with rodents. And I love that juxtaposition. And and I think that speaks so well to, you know, real life sexuality again, where she's sometimes going for different things, you know, where mm-hmm. she's like, you know, Maybe I get along better with other rodents, but, you know, I also like, you know, this interesting fight-or-flight response that I get in the, you know, hind part of the brain. Right. And I thought that was really cool, too. On a kind of unrelated note, there was, you know, I'm always, well, I guess it is related because I said, you know, I'm always looking at porn every day. Right. Um, But I like, I enjoy, uh, like, on sofa, you know, you can sort by popular by week. In, or month or whatever and I kind of like browsing that and seeing what other folks are liking which I mm-hmm. think is interesting so well, it's usually not anything oh like this it's usually not stuff you'd want to see like well what's popular is not good is best represented by sorting by kink I don't know oh, I mean there's there's a lot well right there's like, right so, there's so this furry. you know there's that inverse correlation between the obscurity of the kink and the you know I mean there, there's a little bit of uh you know, there's junk in there because it's somebody, you know, a bunch of people's favorite kink. But yeah, then there's a lot of stuff can, that's... It's like the Ron Paul crowd. It's, it's best, like the, it's like the Ron Paul crowd, except if Ron Paul were a kink on Sofa. Right, like, exactly. It would have, like, 800,000 800, views. It'd be, like, top really for, like, like top viewed for, like, the month. Right. Yeah, that's Ron Paul on um, Sofa. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Uh, but then there are a lot of really good stuff. There's a lot of really good stuff, too. And so, uh, I'm not going to... Name names since you know we didn't you're, you know invite this person to the story, but I was reading one this week, um, which was really well written, or not? I mean, it wasn't the best thing I've ever seen written, but they were a good writer and it was well right. done. 
Um, quality writing. Quality writing. And, uh, you know, this is on the popular for the week list. And it concerned uh, two dear people and mm-hmm. a bunch of interesting ideas going on in this story. So one, it was sort of, I don't know, I got the feeling that maybe it was kind of like a feudal kind of setting. Um, and, like, it, and, and how do you mean? Well, that, you know, they were outside the city in kind of like, you know, peasant farmers, maybe, or something like that, or, oh, okay. or yeoman farmers. And there was definitely some comments in there, which I liked, you know, some world building going on that, oh, the city and, and these guys, you know, basically lived their whole lives out in the country and they were never going to get there, right. which I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, setting up this this world and maybe these people are trapped in it, and you know, what so, are they so going to do? So it gives the impression like 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 lordships and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And, but these saying. people aren't the lords, and I think a lot of times, especially when in furry stories or fantasy stories or porn fantasy stories, maybe when we're set in like a feudal setting, well, we're usually talking about the lords, or we're usually talking about the haves. Right. I feel rather than the have-nots, um, right. and so this is kind of cool because these guys this couple were you know definitely the have nots you know so they had their class, farm but lower class porn story. right you know they were kind working of like man's peasant dirt story. farmers yeah working man's there you go um you know though though pre-industrial evolution pre-marxist and all i've been meaning to, to write like working man's porn like oh like know, the brotherhoods of the uh engineers <laughs> like in the 18 uh late, late 1800s transcontinentals like that'd be awesome oh, like, get your steamship over here i don't know yeah. um and, you know, reading this story, and I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of interesting. They're setting up some different ideas, and we're, you know, talking about kind of, we're injecting some ideas of class mm-hmm. in place in this story. So I'm already getting, you know, interested in this a porn story. But I mean, I think right. about these things all the time. I can't help it. <laughs> like, okay, well, this is kind of cool. Where are they going to take this? And then we get to this conceit, this idea of the story that I found so repugnant and objectionable really there's like one there's like one thing in the story like yes this is this is this is not the bees really destroyed it for me um and i finished reading it well the idea and and again interesting idea what is it the idea was that the male deer are bipedal the male deer people are bipedal and the female deer people are quadrupedal oh that's 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 gross well and now I know you're saying it's gross, but we've done you know well, yeah, but bipedal, quadrupedal. Like well, Kendall had that story. This because and they're both just, people. They're talking, right? You know, I get it. And they're, I get it, and I get they're it. like married and stuff. So I'm like, okay, but, but what it implies what it implies is right. Like, clearly exactly. at first, exactly. Like, and that's gross. that's where it takes me is is the implications. <laughs> so you really of this you just idea. take that like that first initial blush of like kind of aversion to something that just like you know like on its face really kind of gross for a reason, and then you just. T- like throw it into misogyny land is what you're essentially well, what, saying. Well, yeah, let me, let me like, get This is there. gross and so, it's being forced on the female right, characters. So, so therefore. So, and, and the story even goes on to say, you know, oh, the creator. I mean, this person lays out kind of the religious framework of the world and says, oh, the creator, you know, or, or whoever the deity figure was, you know, the males build things and do the same. The females, you know, are the guardians of nature and have the children. Oh, and, and this is the part where it really right. turned me off, you know, really upset me because, and this goes back to something we've talked before, how science fiction and fantasy can often be mirrors to the present culture, you know, where or it's, it's a way of distancing yourself, but talking about a subject. 
you know, so mm-hmm. I'm going to break up an issue of racism or whatever, but I'm going to do it with the, so you know, I, the you, people So essentially you're on, saying you dislike this because it's someone who's fetishizing uh, misogyny, essentially. Yeah, like that, and, I think so, because it's a way of, well, you know, it's not even an option. Like, well, women can't physically, can't build things because they don't have hands in this world. Right. You know, so they have to stay home and be the guardians no, I, of nature I, and tend the children. <laughs> and it's such a repugnant idea because it is an idea that we see in our real world. So what's world. your response to this? I Because I, you said it was, like, quality writing, and like you just yeah. like, all you like is quality writing, right? Can't you just, like, appreciate it for what it is and just, like, no, sw- I don't swallow think the so. worldview? I don't think so. You know, because there, there is an implicit message within the story that I feel is inherently <laughs> anti-feminist. And inherently misogynist, okay, and I don't think you can also pull be... that apart from the story. That the story is an inherently what's that thing you always say you are? Where you're interested in people from history? What's that called again? A historian, paleontologist, whatever. An- archaeologist, archaeologist, anthropologist, Ar- anthropologist. That's the one. Aren't you being? Uh, you're you're kind of like directly. You're refusing to read a message about something that is you know represented in culture because you're personally repu- like. You know, mm-hmm. gross, like, just disturbed by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's one thing to have like that first blush, like, "Oh, that's kind of weird." Like they're on two legs, they're on four. Mm-hmm. I think when it becomes that so far out there, can't you just make a conceit to just wanting to understand the what thing. the thought is? That's the and thing. just you know, you don't have to like think like, I "Oh, think this is so was... terrible that this exists." You don't just want to like you know, I scan and was understand. So well written. Or well written enough. Oh, so you were worried it was going to the... start convincing people? No, no, not that. But that the. You know, we've talked about this before. If you thought sci-fi, this soul could be saved. If sci-fi is a way of talking, is a safe way of talking about the way things should be, that's, isn't that's, that that's what the, that's this what story you're saying. is That's doing. what you're asserting is, is should be. But I think we've seen how science fiction stories can do that. And, you know, our fantasy setting. And most furry stuff, I think, is sci-fi or fantasy. And it can be a way of talking about the, the way life should be. And taken in, in that light... It's a really troubling argument that the story Clearly. is making. That, you know, women should be, you know, sitting at home having babies this or was, whatever. This was at the top of the popularity of the, of the Safari it, list, basically. It was, you know, I don't think it was the first one or anything, but it was on the, yeah, top for the week. So, yeah, what you're saying is you're just really, you just are discouraged by how popular the sentiment seems well, to be when let's it's put it this way. Let's obfuscated put it th- in this way. Let's put it this way. Um... Taboo is very powerful erotically, and we've talked about this as well. And there are things that we like reading about that may arouse us that we would never do or condone in real life. Right. That's, I think, something that maybe speaks to the story's defense. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. I was thinking the same thing. Right, exactly. You don't have to presume that this guy is using this as as a means to convince himself to go out there and, you know, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, be a chauvinist pig, whatever. Right. He he might be a guy who's just more struggling with the just a sense of or maybe setting up. Femininity. I mean, it I don't may know. be. I, and, my first blo- my my first yeah. response is always just to be you know defensive of mm-hmm. art production. And it may be you know that right and that I mean his research now is how am I going to set this up because he's like I like thinking about bipedal furries and quadrupedal furries and how am I going to make that happen and this all may be setting that up. <laughs> So yeah, it's just he took a wrong turn somewhere. What you're saying? 
you know, for me anyway. Took a wrong turn. Um, Just took a wrong and, turn. And for oh, me, dude, no, no, no. You didn't realize. You, you, you're way in misogynitin. And I, but you got I way think, over to misogynitin. You, you know, just didn't even notice? With So let's go back to Candle's story for a minute. Okay. You know, where we have bipedal and quadrupedal furries doing it. Right. Um, why doesn't this go there? And maybe there are a couple reasons. One is because it's guys. Uh-huh. In having sex in the story, um, and I think there we don't have. I mean, there is a narrative, and it's pretty widely cross culture that women and like Sarah Hardy, I think, wrote a has written papers about the academic papers about how female is to culture as female is to nature, and so it's a common right, cultural yeah, construct course. that is acted in ways to restrict women's access to things. Um, you know, so there's that. Uh, there's also in that story, we're also kind of in, you know, he, he's in a computer. He's in, like, an online setting. And so there are all these little things that kind of remove it and distance it. And there's no explicit discussion of this is the way God made it. Right. And maybe that's, no, I, no, maybe I, that's no, I the what part no. that crossed the line for me, the explicit discussion of this is got- the way... God or the creator or whatever it was in the okay, story okay. ordained it. Isn't and that's it, the part that I found the most repugnant. I thought we got past the idea that it was disturbing because it just kind of implies, you know, zoophilia. Well, even, I don't care. Even that, that that, I think the story. that bothered it's, you. That doesn't bother me. Yeah, as long as they're people and they can talk, I don't <sighs> care what yeah, shape that, they're that, in. I'm, I'm, trying, yeah, I'm trying to continue on from that point, though. What gets... What, what really unnerves you is just the idea that this construct would be used in a way to... um. You know, what unnerves and, and, me is the idea that this is a commentary on our world. That's what I'm saying. That's what unnerves me. Yeah, but why, 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 why do you have to rush to uh, its defense? I don't know. I don't get it. It just seems like we're so passive and, and accepting of all other things so long as it's in text just because it is an exploration of ideas and things that are not, may not be good in the world. But this is something that you really latch on to, mm-hmm. to uh, critique. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know, it. It makes me wonder because I, I don't know, I'm just always def- uh, I always want to defend things. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like I said, it it obviously expresses something that's repugnant, but lots of things express things that are repugnant, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. it's better just to understand them there rather than just to um, go outright and attack them. And maybe if and it maybe. is so offensive to women's sensibilities, maybe to you know wait for their voices to speak up mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. No, I think those are really good points. And and I think, I guess I'd say we all have our things that set us off. We all have our things that make us uncomfortable. And this I was why, seemed, and there's that me, it's too. just weird and that this was the this, thing that really got your dander up. Was, uh, was, I think was the partially it was the structural way and it's laid out too. It's a structural way to objectify people and as right. an anthropologist and, and you should too but as I'm a saying, Marxist like, you're always looking out for ob- structural things saying, obviously it's a terrible thing but like maybe that's just someone playing with an idea mm-hmm. and you know massaging it out of their of their muscles their mm-hmm. own way yeah and, I, I just, that, I just no, think it seems strange to just you're... immediately jump to like you know grab, a, grab something by the throat which you thought was you know actually kind of written with quality yeah and I think maybe maybe what it was, and I'm, I'm trying to think about this now because you're bringing up really good points, and maybe what it was, like if you write a story where, you know, the Twinkie raccoon, you know, says to the bear, like, oh, yeah, call me a bitch or whatever, you right. know, come on my face. Like, it's not, you're not saying that all raccoons are bitches. 
No. You know? And and maybe that maybe that was what did it for me. Is I felt like it wasn't like it wasn't like a role playing or in the moment thing or a personal choice. It was the idea that all subset of people are X. And maybe right. that's what got me more than anything. But no, it's interesting the points you bring up and trying to think about why this particular thing got to me or not. Um I don't know. I feel as if I'm actually conceding a lot of the larger points, Steve, because it, it's absolutely it reflects misogyny. You know, probably, you know, I, I, as I said, it probably uh, was written by a guy who is probably even maybe unconscious. Mm-hmm. I would say yeah. of his own uh, yeah. thoughts toward it, and I would just wonder if not, it weren't more. Well, it's, it, like, it more, I like, it's like I like know, I considered really like... approach to that, and him actually trying to you know if if like, he's making these. It's it's so clear. It's almost be literal. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to wonder if he's just not trying to work the concepts out himself. And like mm-hmm. sometimes when you express things, they sound silly. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't and know. It, and maybe what it is too is what sounds to me like a really cool story is the doe who wants to build things. Like that's a cool story. The doe that wants to build things. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You know, like that's a really interesting story in this world. Like a doe who wants to build things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's cool. And and maybe part of it, too, is a frustration of, wow, we set up, you know, this opportunity to fight the power. And instead, we're like, the power is great. <laughs> Which I think you can hopefully appreciate. But what I, what I didn't, what, what confused me initially about, you know, with this plus your interest in anthropology mm-hmm. was, isn't that kind of an a historical record of a culture then? Because if you just wanted this to be a pure record of how somebody considers like a makeup of a culture, wouldn't you just want it to, you know, probably reflect the bad and the good? Because well, the, the, the the closest thing I was actually thinking of comparing it to was um, the Amish community mm-hmm. from close where I'm from, because it's a very closed, uh, fundamental, mm-hmm. uh, just, uh, regressive, and any kind of like civil rights community, but. The only uh, uh, stories people are interested within this community are the stories of the people that escape, mm-hmm. that that go on Rumspringa and you know become the ex-Amish. Mm-hmm. Any actual story of the, the community itself and trying to understand what it actually is, mm-hmm. uh, how, how how its ideas function, people are just so immediately uh, disgusted by that. It's like they won't See, even consider. They won't even try to give like thought. They won't even give space in their head to try to consider it. And that's it's what I think is kind I of. I think maybe that's coming from where you grew up because I think most of the country they think, oh, the Amish, how quaint. Like I don't think they have negative associations with the Amish for most of the country. So I think that's interesting that you bring that up. People don't have negative associations with the Amish, really. I don't really. think so. I don't think so. I'd be interested to see what our other, you know, listeners have the, to the say. Kindest, but certainly the kindest association people up, have with like, the Amish oh, is that they're too stupid to use electricity. Come really? on now. I don't think really. so. I think, you know, where I grew up it was, you know, oh, they're hardworking and they're simple and they're farmers. And those are all good, like, American values. Mm, I always I, mean, I always see it. Uh, and it may more be because like you're a religious fundamentalist lens. See, I don't think, that is what I it think is. most people in America aren't 
aware of the religious aspects of the Amish. But that's what they that's what they all they, they all say is that they can't use the electricity because of their religion. They understand right. it's a religious a religiously fundamentalist sect. They just never really think of the fact that there is religious fundamentalism right. of that exactly. degree in exactly. the United States. Exactly. And that is because the only interest anybody has in the Amish is in the stories of people that are well, escaping. No, I'd like, say most of the country the only interest in the culture itself because they don't want to actually understand the I culture. I think the itself. only interest most you, of the country has is Oh, that's cool. We'll go to their shop and buy some things. <laughs> I mean, true. I'm serious. Yeah. I don't think they're thinking about upper people. Class tourist I don't think industry. they're even aware of people escaping uh. or whatever. They're interested in, oh, they make really cool handmade things that I can put in my mm. house. And I think that's how most of the country thinks of that. You weren't wa- I guess I was the only one watching uh, Ex Amish on Nat Geographic. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I didn't that's even know one. about it. So uh, it's interesting. I no, know. I mean, and that's always, I mean, this is something that. I thought it was really interesting. One of the things we always talk about in anthropology is that the interesting question is, you know, not what the rules are, but what happens to the person who breaks the rules or who wants to do something different. And that's kind of where you see where a culture is at and how tolerant a culture is, is what happens to the people who say no. Right. So then if this, um, uh, hopeful and we don't know in this story, story. Was like we don't know down yeah we don't know in this story you, you would find that to be a because the story isn't about that i mean the story isn't about anybody saying no this is about people who are fine with everything oh, okay and maybe that's also a little objectionable to me that it's a story about people who are okay with the world and it's just weird to me that you find a story objectionable. Yeah. That's I think that's what's kind of like uh-huh. strange to me. Like, well, you, you, you told me at times about stories that you didn't thought you didn't think were very well written, mm-hmm. or or concepts you thought were kind of weird. But you've never mm-hmm. said you found like a story itself objectionable. It seems yeah. like it's just because it's something you don't like and it's popular. I think it's objectionable because it's political enough, and I really dislike the politics in it. Which I hope you can understand. Well, of course, I don't like it too. I'm, I'm just saying. I guess I'm applying an, a, 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 a meaner bent mm-hmm. toward it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no, I mean this is what this is one of the reasons that we're good podcasting buddies is because we, you know, tend to take up different attacks for the sake of argument because it makes a more interesting. Scan podcast, and understand. So. That's that's only my that's, that's my motto. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, I get angry about things people do but when i read when i read something it's just you know usually just funny mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i uh, see i just i just want to like i'd want to commit some of that material to memory just to mock it that's what i'd want to do mm-hmm. and if the, if the materials if the, if the material is going to be quality you just have to riff off of it basically i suppose kind of like um ayn rand if people are going to read ayn yeah. rand fuck it i'll just make fun of ayn rand i'll tell you i mean here's the thing like or orson scott card i mean this is what it reminded me of where it's like you've got a good writer has terrible politics and they've gotten worse and terrible views. I mean, Ender's Game is great. Speaker for the Dead is a fantastic book and it's a great like sci-fi and anthropology book. I mean, it's the kind of thing where I had an advisor say every anthropologist should read it because um, it has these great ideas. But like, especially as he has gotten older, like, I mean, Orson Scott Card is now famously homophobic. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so what do you do, you know, when you read that story? You know, and if they're a good writer and, and are just rolling out these terrible just ideas. Make, just make it gay. Just make it as gay as you can. Okay. But, right. you know, doing that oftentimes means participating mm-hmm. to a degree. Mm-hmm. Which is also uh, my 
approach toward log cabin Republicans. But I think if you, you make, know, if when you, you if run you into- can't tolerate gay Republicans, mm-hmm. like you are not a, the, a very forward looking individual. I yes. think that's my yes. opinion. If you really, but can't. I think you know too. Just like with Orson Scott Card, like if you see stuff, you know that is, you know, homophobic, or in this case, is sexist. I think you should say it. I mean, I think oh, yeah, you should, I'm saying, I think you should I'm saying, call mocking. it for what it is. I think you should say, man, this story, which is well-written, okay, is there's really a certain distinction. sexist. There's a certain distinction I, I have to make when I'm kind of mocking something. When I'm mocking something, I'm mm-hmm. making sort of sort of um, a, an admission that I like it to a degree, mm-hmm. that it was quality enough for me to like it, but there's something about it that just deserves being mocked. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I feel like if, if you want to mock this story, go ahead and mock the story. But you have to, like, you're saying, oh, I don't know, I'm not going to name any names. But come on, if you want to mock the story, like, give him a shout out. Let him get some views nah. to the story. And then, let, and then like, detail the, the stuff that you thought was stupid. I just think this yeah. is kind of a, um, well, a very passive to, way of going about it. Well, I wanted to throw it up as kind of a scenario is what do you do when you run into even something as innocuous as well, did a you leave, Did story. you leave a snotty comment? I didn't. You did not leave a snotty comment. I didn't want. You know what I would have done? I'm doing it right now. You know, I'd I'd have left a very snotty comment. Uh-huh. I'd have waited for him to leave a snotty comment I, I back think I'm to doing me. It right now. But. I'd have waited for him to leave a snotty comment back to me, and then I'd have started internet fight with him, and then we could have butted heads right then and there to be over. Yeah. Either I'd have looked stupid, or he'd have looked stupid. You know, it, it would have been I good fun. I happen to think this might be an interesting conversation for the podcast, though. Heaven forbid. <laughs> and I hopefully it has been. That's just not your nature. You you always yell at me when I start drama. I do. It's not even, sometimes it's not you even start drama. drama for the sake of starting drama. Well, yeah, duh, that's entertainment. Okay, see there, and that's how we differ. I try to start drama over things that I actually feel are important. So, that's and this being probably isn't. This probably isn't, but I, it was something that you know I want to call attention to. You know, even a furry story. You know, what do you do? What do you say? Or what do you think about when you're reading a porn story? And you run into something that's just you find objectionable, as you pointed out the phrase I used. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, I, if, listeners, if you have any comments to throw in there, or when you've run into a story like that and how you felt or reacted. Yeah, but I, the thing is, I'd a be story that you hear. thought was like well written, mm-hmm. it was quality, it might have otherwise appealed to your tastes, mm-hmm. but just had some kind of um, I guess fundamental understanding Construct within it. Or, yeah. yeah, that you just. Yeah. Shaping of the world in this case, it really messed things up that. for you. And cool. yeah, so I'd be interested to hear if people have run into that. Um, Send skip emails. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because it clearly, I mean, I'm glad I read the story. Clearly, and I finished it. You know, I didn't stop or anything. And it clearly, I didn't paw to it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Know, you for the porn story. Um, but, you know, it clearly got me thinking about things. And so I'm glad I read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I do you have any? Uh, I think we're pretty good. And dinner should be resting. Do you have any other? I'm hungry. Gems of wisdom to add, sir. I got nothing. We we can we can fight and shout some more. It's always fun. Rawr. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. Well, yeah, I got nothing. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Um, thanks for waiting. Yes, thanks for waiting. Yeah. We'll try to be better. Both of us starting new jobs at the same time or almost the same time was probably not good, you know. So, but we're not complaining because we have jobs now. Also, it's this, it's this, it's summer, and I'm being lazy and enjoying the weather. So and we'll try you to, you know, I was that, like saying the tunes the other day. If you don't hear from me, you got to give me a call or vice versa. So we'll try to keep on each other's toes better. All right. All right. 
All right, guys. Catch you next time. Book club don't ever die. Ciao.